0: Hello and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 87 of Pittsburgh Pirates Podcast on Bucks Nation. My name is Nathan Hirsch. I'm with Jake Slobodnik. Jake, how's
1: it going? It's going all right, man. Uh, This week's been a busy one with work. Uh, We have our, at the radio station I work for, we have our annual charity drive this week. And on top of some high school basketball, I've been broadcasting. It's been a bit of a hectic week but was able to find some time tonight to talk some pirates baseball how have things been on your end
0: not too bad um yeah just just doing my thing now I, I don't doesn't sound like i'm as quite as busy as you are but uh yeah always excited to talk some well maybe not excited but always down to talk some pittsburgh pirates baseball and over the past week not a lot has really happened, but I guess we could start here with the Vincent Velasquez signing was made official by the Pirates, and our worst nightmares have come true. Um, we kind of talked about it on the last podcast. None of us really, or neither of us really loved the Vince Velasquez signing. You know, it's cheap, it's fine, but. Yeah, it looks like he's going to be a starting pitcher, not a bullpen piece. And the Pirates continued their tone deaf ways in (laughs) tweeting out a hype video for him that not only (laughs) caught the attention of Pirate fans in, you know, disgust, embarrassment, whatever, you know, pure comedy, but. I saw fans from a whole bunch of other teams kind of joining in on the, you know, comedy of it all, laughing at the Pirates, laughing at the organization, pretty much um, saying, "Hey, <laughs> maybe our team's not spending a lot of money this off season, but at least we're not the Pirates. At least we're not putting out hype videos for Vince Velasquez." So. What's your reaction to the news that he will be a starting pitcher and that the pirates are super excited to have him on
1: board? Oh yeah, they're definitely excited because he was the only starting pitcher on the market who wanted a one-year deal under four million dollars. It didn't break the bank. Um <laughs> I, I'm laughing. This is pure comedy, uh tone deaf as you described it. I think that's a perfect way to put it. But Like, I I don't understand. Like, how do you look at his stats and what he's put up really ever since debuting in the majors and go, hmm, that's a valid back-end piece for our rotation. There are other guys out there. And I'm speaking at the time of, I guess, the signing. I I don't know if I should time it or base it off the timing of the announcement or the hype video, both of which are just a joke. But um, I'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, I I think that's just so embarrassing that – this is our marquee signing unless there are some serious works or serious behind the scenes action going on right now at that Pirates front office. This is the marquee signing and it's garbage. And I think the funniest thing is just how blatantly Ben Charrington lied to fans and Stilo city pointed it out perfectly. Charrington went on the record saying, we're looking for a nice starting pitcher Multi-year deal is what we're looking at, and a guy who could be serviceable to the team. That I paraphrase. But either way, you get the picture. And we go out for a 30-year-old pitcher who has never really found luck in the major leagues. And uh we, we sign him to a deal for 3.15 mil, one year, completely contradicts what he says, and they're okay with it. Like I don't understand the M.O. here for the Pirates' front office and Ben Charrington. First of all, I don't see what they're trying to get with Vince Velasquez. There is a, if they're trying to replicate the success from the past two years and bringing in a washed-up vet who has no real track record in the MLB, here's a little bit of a history lesson. In 2021, Tyler Anderson was the project. He's a left-handed pitcher. He had some aspect to him that was really good, and that was that leg hitch that threw off hitter's timing. You have 2022 Jose Quintana. He's a vet. He's done okay in the major leagues. He's also a left-handed pitcher. He's known for his breaking pitches. Okay, you can make a little bit of a justifiable reason for signing him and being hyped about it. In 20, heading into 2023, we sign a right-handed pitcher who has no good, good qualities about him. There are, the only good quality, Nate, that I have heard on social media about Vince Velasquez is his ability to play left field. Not even his pitching abilities, and this is the guy we get signed, we get hyped for. There is no desirable trait that I would want out of Vince Velasquez. So I, I hate it. I absolutely do, and especially if this is the only starting pitcher that we're quote unquote starting pitcher that we're going to sign. I'm bel- I, I'm so I don't know what I'm more sidetracked at the fact that we only signed a very awful pitcher or the fact that we just got lied to and played by the front office, big time. Um, Regarding the hype video, I just want to take a couple moments and read some of the comments. That And this is just the one tweet that I came across. It was from content creator Ochev on YouTube. He shared it with a caption, There's no way the Pirates dropped the hype video for Vince Velasquez signing. Here's a couple of them. From David Stegon. We celebrate the little victories, and I mean little. Um, Jimmy Kelts, hey, Mets fan, we don't have a lot else going on. Hard to compare to Uncle Steve's signings. Plus, don't you see he struck out Mike Trout that one time? He must be elite, right? And then (laughs) uh, Cam, Big Baller Cam is his handle. We get excited just for signing players we have at least heard of before, man, LMAO. How, as a front office and as a team, can you get – like satisfaction seeing that reaction on Twitter, the quote, the the fans ratio, the pirates hardcore. And I feel bad for their social media manager for taking the brunt of this. I feel bad for them. I don't blame them at all. He's just doing what he's told, but my God, that is, (laughs) that is embarrassing. You have these big signings and not even big ones. Like the giants get Mitch Haniger, who isn't even like a star right fielder, but he's okay. And they also go out and get Sean Manai, who I know the Pirates, love, Pirates fans loved. I loved. I thought they were going to get him. But you know what I mean? Like There's at least players that you could get hyped for. And we get hyped for a D-minus player. There's a reason why Eck called us a hodgepodge of nothingness last year. And it's true. Pirates fans will get butthurt over it, but it's true. We are really a, not, a hodgepodge of nothingness if we get hyped over this and we build, we pay somebody actual money, to make a hype video for a terrible pitcher. I, I'm do, I, I'm so beside myself right now. I don't know what to think. Like, it, it must be awful being their social media manager. That's all I'm going to say. It's, it's terrible. Yeah.
0: I mean, from, from the outside looking in, it, it is pathetic. And, all those nasty words that you can use to describe it. I'm just trying to think of it from like a baseball perspective. Why, why Vincent Velasquez? And honestly, I I guess the the one thing I could maybe piece together is if you look at his repertoire, you know, pitch selection wise, it's pretty similar to Mitch Keller. Uh, I mean, they both throw The fastball, maybe the plan for Velasquez is to incorporate some sort of two-seam action, sinker action that some of these Pirates have had success with, mostly Keller and JT Brubaker a little bit over the past few years. But Velasquez also has a slider and a curveball like Keller. They kind of both throw each pitch. Honestly, if you look at the percentage of pitches thrown, they both throw the fastball a little over 50%. Both throw the slider in that 22% range, and they both throw the curveball in that 15 to 17% range with a rare changeup mixed in. So, I like, repertoire-wise, Velasquez and Keller are pretty, pretty close. So maybe the Pirates think they can work with that. And obviously, as we know, it goes without saying... We talk about it every week, balling on a budget. So, baseball wise, maybe the Pirates think that they can worth work with Velasquez, and it is it is what it is at this point. I'm tired of you know bitching about it. To be honest, um, we got Mitch or we got Vince Velasquez. We got to see what he's got and we kind of had the same reaction with Jose Quintana and Tyler Anderson the past two years. So I'm at least willing to give it a chance, but if, if we're in early May Velasquez has an eight ERA and it clearly isn't working. All right, move on. I guess, I guess that's kind of the, the way to look at it too. And I have been thinking about it lately in terms of, free agent spending and the lack thereof, the ultimate lack thereof. I guess if you do look at it, Pirates, you know, farm system wise, you look at the future, I don't know if Vince Velasquez is going to be in the rotation by the end of the year. We'll see. I mean, I guess best case scenario, Ben Sherrington, Velasquez kind of has a little bit of magic and is able to get shipped off at the trade deadline for a lottery ticket like Anderson, like Quintana. But at the end of the year, you're looking at it, you could possibly have a rotation of Mitch Keller, Rolante Contreras, we'll say JT Brubaker for now. And then we're going to have Michael Burrows called up I would say pretty soon into the season. So he'll be up, he'll be a starter and Quinn Priester at some point. So maybe once again this is just the Pirates kicking the ball down the street a little bit farther. There's more help coming. Andy Rodriguez is coming. The Pirates still need to sign a catcher to um bridge that gap. We could get to the hein- Heinemann, Tyler is it Tyler or Taylor? I don't even freaking know at this point. It's not might have been minor league uh, signing. They got him, but I'm just trying to think about it baseball-wise, like why this could make a little bit of sense, and it's just maybe they don't want to break the bank. Well, maybe they don't want to break the bank. They don't want to break the bank, and they just want to bridge bridge it to the prospects with as little, as little dollar commitment as possible, and that's what we have, and I guess the we're at the point now where you look at the rotation starting in 2023. I think it's set. I think it's going to be Contreras, Keller, Brubaker, Oviedo, and Vince Velasquez, and hopefully Contreras takes a step up. Hopefully Keller continues to get better. Hopefully Brubaker can be a little more consistent, and hopefully Oviedo can kind of show us what he showed at the very end of last season and Velasquez can just eat some innings. I I don't know, but I I've been broken down. I'm pretty much numb to the spending. It's just not going to happen. You know, we did get a little bit, I guess we mentioned it. Obviously Santana, obviously Choi. So, and the bullpen has been replenished a little bit, but I don't really see the Pirates signing anyone else besides a catcher. They still need to sign a catcher. Maybe one more starting pitcher. Maybe one more Vince Velasquez type. Honestly, I'm looking at the list right now, and just out of uh, pure pure trolling, I would absolutely love it if the Pirates brought back someone like Chris Archer. Just That would just be hilarious to me. I don't know. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it
1: just is what it is at this point. You know, it's funny that you say that you're numb to this, and I wish that I was too, because I'm so tired of always expecting more, even if it's the smallest fraction of wanting to, you know, see more out of this team. And I'm with you. Bring back a guy like Chris Archer. Screw it. Throw the salt in the wound, what for what it is. While we're gonna be at the cellar of the least competitive division in baseball, literally the worst. Where, you know, why not bring back remnants of one of the worst trades in history? And I'm not beating that drum to spark controversy or anything, but it's like, you know, if we're already down this far, why not just go even lower? Like I, I'm still amazed that we took a step back from where we were at the beginning of the offseason because, you know, after acquiring Choi and Santana, Nate, I think our spirits were a little higher. We're like, okay, you know, we know, like for we sure. both knew that we weren't going to sign a big name free agent like Carlos Correa or Aaron Judge. We already knew we were out of the running for that, but we at least thought that we would get a little bit of consistency. But yet, it's almost like we lowered the bar. And I don't, this is, is it bad? And please tell me if it is. Is it bad that I would I was actually more hyped for the Jarlin Garcia quote unquote signing? Because it's not even announced yet. It, I'm, I'm more excited for that being a possibility than Vince Velasquez being a true thing. Because Jarlin Garcia has better numbers. He's a left-handed pitcher, which is something that we need. And he's a little bit younger, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm at least more excited for him. I'm excited for I'm more excited for Jose Hernandez, who we got in the Rule 5 draft, because he's younger. He's impressionable. You know, I just this is this is so infuriating, and it's like it's really like this is starting to become the worst off season that I've seen. Because on top of this, you know the fans, the front office just completely screwed over the fans with no Pirates Fest. I've personally never been to one, but from what I've seen and heard, like that is the one time of year where Pirates fans just enjoy the hell out of the team. I think it's a great networking thing with the players. You know, it sort of bridges the players and the and the fans together. Plus, okay, see. So <laughs> baffles me because they bring in a nobody like Vince Velasquez, but yet Pirates Fest would be a great way to showcase him to the fans to show him how much of a nice guy he is to at least win some of that respect. I'm not going, I'm going off on a little tangent here, but it's like, you know, this is starting to shape up to be one of the worst off seasons, which sucks because it started off so well with Santana with Choi. But yet day after day, we see some of these maybe mid tier, I don't want to say quad A because like there are some guys who could actually find, you know, work in the MLB. They're not that bad, but like we just aren't trying to get them. It seems like. Now, granted, some of these moves I've seen are just way beyond comprehension. I think Mania got way too much from the Giants. Do you see today that Adam Frazier made eight million for a one year deal with the Orioles? Yeah, good for him. But I think that's a little bit of an overpay considering yeah, he's him, very, very honestly. inconsistent and only had one really good year. But that's beside the point. The thing is, is like, I don't understand what the end, go- end game goal is here. There was supposed to be hopes for improvement this coming season. But yet, when you spend a guy, when you spend money on a guy like Vince Velasquez, where the end result for him is either okay, ship him at the deadline for a lottery prospect, you know, not even a good prospect, a lottery guy who could possibly make it in AAA, or DFA him like Heath Hembery. And I like to use him as an example because that seems to be the prime example of who the Pirates brought in to try to ship off is Heath Embry as a pitcher. Bring him in, he does good. Ship him off, if not, DFA him, which we saw. And I know that's going to be the end end result. And like, yeah, like you said, we're going to see Mike Burrows, Quentin Priest. Like, we're going to get bolstered to the rotation a little bit with some of our prospects. But it's like, why not supply them with some some quality veteran arms that can actually help lead a lead a rotation? Like, and I like to use this as an example: Francisco Liriano or AJ Burnett. Like, you flash it back to them, yeah, they were okay. You know, they weren't anything spectacular. Liriano had a no hitter in twenty ten and. Burnett was serviceable with the Marlins and uh, struggled with the Yankees before coming to us, but it's like, why don't we do that? Why can't we try that? Is Charrington so set in his ways that he doesn't even want to try to go down the same avenue as Huntington? He would rather fail miserably for years, as long as it's his way, than try to adapt some sort of way that works. Right now, we're going down Charrington's dark alley, and I have no idea why we like why we even try to put some faith in him, because he's... and. I'm just so lost as a fan. And I think it's because I'm not numb like, like you or some other fans. Maybe I should just adapt that numb personality and become, and, and become the Wednesday Adams, you know, that, <laughs> that a lot of people look, I say that because I was actually just watching the series before we recorded, but like, but it's perfect. Cause Wednesday feels no emotion. Oh, She's look. numb to everything. Like, why don't I just be like her with Ben Charrington? Oh, sad move. Okay, cool. It's typical. Like, I I just, I don't understand why we're at this point and why I still feel emotion for this team. It it sucks, but, man, I...
0: I think this is where I'm at with the Pirates and this offseason and where they're headed moving forward. I think it's actually pretty clear, and it kind of... It's kind of always been like this. We've talked about this in the past. It always has been like this. And I feel like Sherrington's his, his uh vision has been pretty clear up to this point, but I feel like also we kind of get we get distracted because it it's it's been so long. It's been a long road of just tankage, crap, terribleness. But at the end of the day, 2023 is the first season where we're getting a heavy influx of the Sherrington guys. We really, we just are. You look at it by the end of 2023 on this roster, we could have Henry Davis. We could have Andy Rodriguez. We could have Quinn Priester, even though that's a Huntington guy, but nonetheless, we could have Paguero. We could have Nick Gonzalez. We could have Mike Burroughs. We're going to have Bay up here. We could have even someone like Malcolm Nunez at some point all that. I don't know how many people I just named, but you look at it position player wise, I went through the rotation of what it could look like at the end of the year position player wise. It could be, it could be Endy and uh, Davis splitting time between first base and catcher. It could be Nick Gonzalez at second. Cruz came up last season at shortstop Hayes at third base. Maybe someone like uh, Paguero also at second base. In the outfield, that's kind of where they're weak right now. But we'll see if Reynolds is still around. Probably not. He probably won't be around by the end of 2023. But if they trade him, hopefully they get a top prospect, probably an outfielder that could just slot in. They're... They're going to have their full roster of just absolute young, young guys. And when the dust settles from that, that is when we will know whether or not the Sherrington vision has worked out. I'm not ready until that happens. I can't I can't get mad over Vince Velasquez or whoever they sign. I it would have been nice. Yes, to start building now. But that just isn't. That just isn't – it's just not going to happen, and I've accepted that. Um, but I will say – and this is such a classic Pirates trope, I swear. If if there's some success this season and they don't add to this team next season, well, then I'm just going to – like, that's actually true, though. If, if by the end of 2023 there's some real promise from some of these Sherrington guys – and they don't add next winter, then then I honestly at that point, I just might be done. Really. I just might be done. And so many people have reached this point with the Pirates where they just are done. And it is a, it's a Bob Nutting thing. It is. And I don't even want to talk about it because it's just the the, the horse has been pulsated. It's been beaten so much. Week. It's just That's just what I think, though, with Sherrington. I'm not going to get mad at him at this point. But if these guys are failures when they come up, then it's panic time. Then it's re-burn-it-down time, look ahead to 2045 time. (laughs) But all the guys are coming up next season, and that's what I'm excited about.
1: Yeah, I guess in a way – There is something like you said, that's something to be, you know, anxious for, something to anticipate. I am excited to see what Andy Rodriguez could do at the major league level. I think that's what's going to carry me through this entire season. It's just my my willingness to see how far Andy can go. Nothing would make me happier. I can't even say DeGrom anymore because he's in the AL. And I don't I don't think we play the Rangers this year. Oh my God. I'm trying to think of a quality pitcher in the NL that Andy Rodriguez could go up go up against late in the season. And, you know, he takes a 100-mile-an-hour heater out of PNC Park. I'll say Verlander. Yes, Verlander. Okay, that's a perfect one. He takes Justin Verlander over Clemente Wall in right field. That would just send a joy of, like, I, 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 that would send a feeling of joy through my entire body, and I'd feel so happy. But like you said, he comes up and hits like a buck 25, kind of like, uh, bad comparison here, but Jared Kelnick. If he comes up and Kelnick's, then, yeah, like you said, it's panic time. But – Again I think we have enough I don't, I don't we have enough talent that to expect that it could carry us through the season but it's just the fact that the supporting cast like let me put it this way yes we have the prospects that are the lead characters in this musical called 2023 Pirates they come up they excel Cruz is the absolute main character and then supporting supporting leads are key Brian Hayes Andy Rodriguez when he eventually comes up, but then you look at the roster and say he's still here, and then you guys have got you have guys like Vince Velasquez, um, Tyler Heineman, like you have those guys supporting him, and it's just like, okay, this isn't a Broadway show because we have terrible supporting cast. It's the supporting cast that brings down the lead characters, and I don't think anybody sees that really. Maybe you just need to put into that light, and it's like I fear for these prospects. And this is where the whole, you know, the whole, um, stigma of, oh, they're going to blossom and get shipped off. This is where this sort of comes into play because there's no adequate talent around them to build a championship contender team. So obviously they're going to be shipped out in a couple of years. I hate being like that because it's a, it's a, you know, beaten horse if we're on the, on that line, but it's not too hard to overlook considering that's where the state of the Pirates is now. I do want to go back to your point about catchers and who they're going to bring in. Yeah, they brought in Heineman, who's on a minors deal with an invite to spring training, blah, blah, blah. We already know he's going to be a bridge backup until Andy comes up slash Henry Davis. But I don't think it's that big of a contest. There's rumors circulating that they're going to bring Tucker Barnhart in and be a catcher. I hate to bust everybody's bubble. I think it's going to be Roberto Perez. It's, it's one of those moves that it's, it would be stupid not to bring him in for the sake of he likes this team. And there's already been express, or expressions by both sides that he wants to come back and they want to bring him back. So we could hope for Tucker Barnhart, if anybody does actually hope for that. But I hate to say it, but it's going to be Roberto Perez because of that emotion factor. I I, I can't see anybody else. I'm sorry. I just, with it, with how predictable things have gotten, Roberto Perez is just, you know, it's too obvious.
0: He already has the rapport with the team. Um, it's not like Barnhart is any better than Perez at all. Maybe a little bit, but that's a total coin flip. In my opinion, uh, the health is the big thing, but if Perez could just hold on for four months until Andy gets called up or Davis, then fine. Um, just hold up for four months playing catcher every day, five times a week, whatever, and then he, Perez would just slide. I think Roberto Perez would slide so perfectly into that backup catcher role. Uh the the guy, the old veteran on the end of the bench. I think that would just be fine. And I I'd, I'd rather have that for Perez. I'd give him 2 years for 8 million or whatever. I don't like that's fine with me. But yeah, I think I'd rather have Roberto Perez than Tucker Barnhart. I don't even care about the injury scares. He got injured last year. It it wasn't great for the Pirates catching position, but we don't need, like it's like we said, the help is on the way, so it's, it's fine. Um, yeah. The thing about, like, the thing that I think makes this rebuild different maybe not different, but the the key factor is I will say, I think Sherrington has done a pretty good enough job farm system wise of at least timing up the prospects correctly. We're going to get a huge influx of guys called up in a very short amount of time this upcoming season. And I think that's pretty exciting in itself. And If you look even farther ahead, a little bit more, the Pirates have the number one overall pick. Someone like Dylan Cruz fits perfectly with this window, if you want to call it that. If they could pick Cruz first overall, and Dylan Cruz is up by, we'll say 2025, along with, say, Tamar Johnson, that's two more high-end prospects to go with the guys. Cruz will be in his, what, Third season of service time With three more after Uh, We talked about how the Cruz needs to be extended After seeing these After seeing these shortstop deals this winter If Cruz is a five-win player this season Kiss that goodbye It's over with They're not going to get him extended Um, But I don't even want to think about that They need to try to get something done now But that's besides the point But yeah, I think Cheapness is cheapness aside, the farm system is and has been pretty healthy here for, for a little while. And I mean, you look at it, one more year of kicking the rock down the road. The Pirates have the first overall pick in 23 in that draft, 24. There's a pretty good chance that it'll at least be a top 10 pick. So the farm system will still be replenishing. Still getting more, and I know that just that sucks to hear as a pirates fan, but because why can't they ever sign anyone? but it's just once again, back to the numbness, it is what it is. Um, i I guess I don't know why I put on my optimist shirt on today, but i i I can just kind of clearly see what we're doing here. And yeah, Vince Velasquez is... It's, it's hilarious how they handled the signing of him and how proud they are that they brought him on board. And, you know, the social media team puts it... I, I guess that's the real question is, like, who is, who is the leader of that plan? I'd like to know. Just say we signed Vincent Velasquez. We did not need the hype video. That's just embarrassing. But that aside... <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right with this offseason. I hope they bring in a catcher, obviously. I would like to see them bring in one more back end of the rotation type starter just to add depth. Maybe it's maybe it's a minor league signing pitcher. Maybe it's someone like, I don't know, let me pull up this list real quick. <laughs> I've, I've said Mike Minor a lot this offseason. I still wouldn't mind that, but maybe even worse, maybe it's, what's Chad Cole up to? Um, maybe it's a Zach Davies. Maybe it's, maybe it's Matt Harvey. I'm just scrolling down at this point. Maybe it's, oh man, this, maybe it's Mark
1: Appel. Who knows? Oh, but, goodness. uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Dude, why did you speak into existence? <laughs> I'm just here. Maybe it's Drew Hutchinson. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Nathan, no, <laughs> you've, you've delved way too far. I know. I'm I'm taking
0: crazy pills at this point. But, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, We put out earlier today a little little last-minute mailbag question, and it was a good question from Joe H., who said, would you have rather the Pirates signed Troy Santana and Velasquez like they did for $12.3 million, or would you have rather them take a shot at one player making that type of money, for example – uh, F, uh, Zach Eflin, Tyler Anderson, Jose Katana um, Noah Syndergaard, Ross Stripling All these guys that are making around $13 million this season Would you have rather they signed one good pitcher <laughs> Quote-unquote good pitcher for $13 million And then waiver-wired the first baseman Kind of like they
1: did last year um, What do you think? Oh, that's tough. It's, I see that question. And as this comparison, it's like asking if you want stabbed in the heart or the stomach, which one's going to hurt less. Um, I guess for all intensive purposes, I have to go with Santana Choi and Velasquez. I know I just aired my grievances about Velasquez, but here's, here's my caveat. So the pirates have had zero true first baseman over the past couple of years We've had the likes of Michael Chavis, God forbid, Josh Van Meter, and I guess Kevin Padlow. I think he played a game at first. We also had Colin Moran, who isn't terrible, but wasn't a true first baseman. And then we had Josh Bell, who on defense, defensively sucked, for lack of a better term. He could hit, but he wasn't good defensively. So the fact that we got you know, a true designated hitter and a true first baseman, I guess both are true first basemen, but in, if they can switch in and out, that's not bad. Velasquez, I would favor this a lot more if we went out and signed another pitcher in the coming days. But if that's the only fat, I would say that needs trimmed. That's not bad. And plus, we we see some of these deals, Nate. And I mean, I don't know what your thought process is, but I see a lot of these starting pitcher deals, and a lot of them strike me as like an overpay. Like like Manaya. he went to the Giants, and I think he's earning over twenty million a year after coming off probably the worst year of his career. That to me seems like a bit of an overpay for a starting pitcher who sucks
0: uh. um I'll say with Manaya, he got two years for twenty five and I think one of them i think there's an option in there, so he, way, he, like, yeah, no, I, well, yeah yeah, I mean it's in that range of uh, affordability, but yeah, <laughs> I understand what you're saying, I guess yeah I mean- um I'd probably. <laughs> I guess it's weird to say i'm kinda happy with <laughs> Santana and Troy at first base i'm a little key a little excited about that, which brainwashed pirates fan here, but I just i don't know i'm I'm fine with it, and I, as weird as it sounds maybe maybe I'm really taking the crazy pills, but I'm starting to talk myself into Velasquez a little bit. I really am if he could just give. If he could just give us 120 innings of, we'll say, 4.7 ERA. Last year's ERA was 4.78. And I will say, over the course of his career, Velasquez has been a bit unlucky. Um, You look at it in 2022, ERA, 4.78. XERA, 4.65. That's not really that much lower. But the XFIP, 4.48. It's a little bit lower. He was god-awful in 2021, ERA 6-3, but the XERA five thirty, X Fib 498, and even going back to 2020, well, not 20, we won't say 2020. We'll say the last full season that he pitched, 2019, 117 innings pitched. I know, we're, we're going back a ways here. Yeah. We're at four years, but 491 ERA, 475 XFIB he's always been he's always been an ex fib guy, and if the pirates can just control the walk rate, get that down, kind of like they did a little bit with Mitch Keller in twenty twenty two uh you look at Mitch Keller's walk rate, I mean it's still higher than you'd like, but he went from ten percent to eight and a half percent if they can. Teeter Velasquez's walk rate a little bit. Maybe maybe he's all right. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he's not like the worst starting pitcher in all of Major League Baseball. Velasquez has always had like pretty good looking stuff, I'll say. So we'll see. I, he might be god awful. And chances are, if I had to, if I had to put an over under on his ERA at, say, five, I'd probably say over. But I'm I'm willing to see, and you know you look at it too. Some of these some of these starting pitchers signed for ten plus million dollars. Some of them are going to be bad. Um, You see, like I don't know. You mentioned Shamanai. He got two for twenty five. Quintana got two for twenty six. Tyler Anderson three for thirty nine. Tyler Anderson, who I kind of love. Tyler Anderson, three for 39 with the Los Angeles Dodgers. That just sounds like a train wreck waiting to happen. Uh, Just based purely on Angels pitching production and luck, I guess. But I don't know. Chris Bassett, he's going to be 34. He got three years, 63. He was really good last season. But from the Blue Jays, I don't know. And I hate to say it. I love him. Pittsburgh got, well, he's not from Pittsburgh, but started his career with the Pirates. Jameson Tyon for the Cubs, 4-for-68. I mean, we'll see. We will see. And I don't know. I'm changing my tune a little bit here. I, You know, the motto is, it's not my money. I don't care. It would be nice one of these times if the Pirates could shell out a little bit of cash. But
1: uh, um, there are a lot of overpays, it seems like, on paper. And like, like, Ty you, that strikes me as weird. I'm, I want Walker four for 72. Like, that's crazy. That is. And uh, first of all, I just want to clear the air. I'm with you on Tyler Anderson. I've always been a fan of him, especially since we got him. And I'm still kind of mad we traded him for literally nothing. But, yeah, you look at some <laughs> of the, maybe not the AAVs, but maybe some of the overall salaries these guys are earning. And, man, it's it, it makes you scratch your head wondering, like, you know it makes you debate on what the happy medium is in terms of what's the most appropriate salary for a mediocre starting pitcher this year like
0: i i think the going rate for like a nice fourth starter is probably 15 million a year it really is and there's always going to be a few diamonds in the rough and the pirates kind of pride themselves on trying to find them but going rate for an established Pretty solid fourth starter. Third, fourth starter is about 15 to $20 million. And the Pirates are just never going to sign that.
1: Yeah, they won't. But these whatever. These little dinky contracts of 3.15 mil for a year is just, it's not it. <laughs> but I don't know. Here's my thing. If Vince Velasquez can somehow post the best numbers of his career this year, I will be convinced that Oscar Marine is a superhuman. Because look at all the people yeah. he's brought in who've actually gotten somewhat better, maybe not life changingly better, but I I don't know why, but I really see Vince Velasquez maybe, and I know I just completely trashed him, but maybe he's like a Vin Mazzara candidate, like like we were yeah ra- maybe Vance oh Whirling. my god, I I hot take, I love Vance Worley as a pirate whenever he was here, like he wasn't terrible, but he was actually yeah. pretty damn good, um. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it's going to take some serious work to get Vince Velasquez back up to par and beyond expectations because things aren't looking good for him right now. But like I said, if Oscar Marine can somehow turn it around and work his magic, I'll believe he's a wizard.
0: I mean, that's a really good point because you look at it. Tyler Anderson and Jose Quintana both signed one-year deals less than $3 million with the Pirates. Maybe Anderson's was $3 million. But you look at it now is signed for twenty six million over two years Anderson we mentioned twenty or uh thirty nine over three years that's five total years for what fifty sixty five million dollars that I mean Oscar marine we'll see if he he gets a little uh a little thank you gift from the both of them that's crazy so who knows maybe he can make that happen with vince velasquez i'm i'm gonna try to be optimistic if we might talk next week and i might just totally contradict everything that i've said on this podcast but like flavor of the week some some the the pirates just make me go crazy sometimes i'm like hey maybe this could work and other times i just want to just rip my (laughs) hair out but that's just the life of a pittsburgh pirates fan um But I think that's a good spot for us to kind of sign off here. Um, Jake, anything else you want to add before we get out?
1: Um, I did have one thing, but I forget what the hell it was. It was, um, ah, geez, I don't know. Um, Really all I have, oh, touching back on Heinemann, I wrote an article about it, and it kind of had a little bit of bias toward it, you know, against Heinemann. The headline itself was Pirates Resign Heinemann fans let out a collective groan that got so much backlash, mm-hmm. which I find completely hysterical. Cause I think that kind of speaks to the tone of like, you know, they're like, Oh, it's minor's deal It's invite to spring training. It's literally nothing. Okay. But Heinemann's not good. <laughs> like, are we really trying to bicker about a quad yeah. a player? If that, oh, y- 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 that's all I have to say, but
0: <laughs> I mean, that's pretty funny. I, I guess I was kind of like, I, Maybe maybe I didn't let out a groan, but I definitely let out a... That was my reaction, but like you said, it's just a minor league deal, so whatever.
1: Yeah, but that's all I have to say. Hopefully, hopefully we get some promising news this next week, because God...
0: We do need it. Uh, Jake, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at underscore radio awesome you can find me at nathan underscore hirsch and you can follow bucks dugout as always on twitter at bucks dugout we'll be back next week discussing more pirates off season things maybe we'll be in a good mood maybe we won't come tune in next week to find out uh everyone have a
1: great rest of your week and peace out